fantasy guy, Noah. And I'm the techie guy, Ryan. And of course, this is The Motley Podcast, a tech, fantasy, and all things nerdy podcast for the generation that needs it the most. Today, we're going to be covering uh, Valheim, which if you haven't heard about it, then this is a good place for you to be. We're also going to talk about uh, some of the things that are coming up in technology and also the closure of Google Stadia's game companies or studios and what that actually means for the future of cloud gaming. So without further ado, let's roll into it. So, Ryan, I think we can pretty much agree right here that Valheim has become insanely popular. Absolutely. I've seen so many YouTuber streamers like just playing it nonstop. Yeah, it's, I can it's understand why. Yeah, it's taking over. Um, I think if I remember right, they have reached uh, over 300,000 concurrent players on Steam, um, which PUBG took three months to reach 300,000 concurrent players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, um, it's definitely popular. And you know what? I, I think it's, honestly, I think it's deserved. I think so, too. Because I also got a stat here. It's sold 3 million copies within 17 days. Of oh, wow. Yeah. And that's from MMORPG.com. Nice. That, it, it's insane. Yeah. And... It's the poppy. You, you know, I get it. Because, like, it took, like, 30 seconds of me looking at an overview of the game to think to myself, wow, I really want to play this game. Yeah. This, like... I didn't really know too much about it. Like, I hadn't heard about it until I saw someone, like, play it, and, like, IGN was all over it. And right. I was like, oh, what is this? Let me let me see it. And then it, it like, it just looks like a great game. Yeah. And, and I think, um, especially, you know, in this era of a lot of more online gaming, um, a lot more remote gaming, it's, it's come really to, like, the streaming community and stuff like that to really pro- propagate a game as a good uh, good game. I mean, look what happened with Among Us, uh, two years of nothing, uh, and then all of a sudden became hugely popular. And I think we're kind of seeing some of that here with Valheim, is that you know streamers picked it up and then just from actually seeing some live gameplay or just a couple articles about it, the popularity explodes. Yeah, I think that can be attributed to, for, or for both Among Us and Valheim is their small player base for like a single server or world because mm-hmm. you have 10 people on a uh, Among Us game just at one time and you've got 1 to 10 people on any Valheim world so I think with that it it'll, it's not like an MMO so it's not like there's so many other people online doing the same things it's very much a personal you and your friends are going on an adventure kind of thing and i think that's what i like about it yeah i mean i don't have to be afraid about someone coming in and griefing me um you know we play a lot of of minecraft on a server that has about 10 people Uh, and i think it just it just keeps it a better community and you know so it's like yeah like i mentioned first there's no griefing you know and i know i'm playing with my friends like it becomes a very much uh, a community game based which I think it yeah, makes it like, so easy to, to play. Because like when I thought about getting the game, my first thought, oh, this is going to be so much fun to play with everyone. Yeah, like, for sure. Like, I've, 
when I first saw it, like, I, like, watched a little bit of it, it definitely felt, like, somewhat, like, rust, but without all the, uh, griefing and not, not massive multiplayer or massively multiplayer, not, like, how in rust you basically have to be on at all times or else you're in trouble of being griefed and stuff. Right. I, and I think that that was a big, um... It was a big change um, for also things like Ark, um, which, you know, if Valheim builds off Rust, I think Rust built off Ark, um, is there's like a certain level of danger there that can prevent you from just enjoying the game. Uh, so I want to actually, yeah. that's a nice segue into uh, our, our next topic about Valheim, is uh, what do you think it is about Valheim that sets it apart from these other survival-based server-style games? Um, I'd say for first thing is it's definitely focused on the multiplayer um, collaborative aspect. I feel like I feel like it's it's not like a game where it's just you can basically just do anything you want on your own. It's a lot better with friends and it's a little it's easier with friends as well. Yeah, um, I, I guess. I guess uh, an example would be with um, uh, I just had the game in my head. Oh, but you got uh, a better uh, game oh, in your uh, head now. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely a better game because I was thinking of um, uh, Fallout seventy six. Oh yeah. Because fall, because definitely uh, very rough launch and not that good of a game, but it, it's definitely something that you can. If you actually like the game, enjoy by yourself or with friends. It's it's kind of a both ways. Well, Valheim, I feel like, is definitely better with friends. Kind of building your own community, fighting enemies together and stuff like that. Yeah. Because like, yeah, there's bosses and everything, too. Right. And those bosses are definitely, at least from what I've heard, like the scale from boss one to boss two jumps tremendously. Um, and it's something that, like, you're going you're gonna to really want a group of people, um, which brings to me th- this idea of, and this is something that I loved about it um, when I first uh, heard the concept of this uh, these multiplayer bosses, is it reminds me of, like, getting together for a raid. You know, that yeah. real old school idea of, like, hey, let's all get together and we're going to take down this boss this time. Um, but also, like, I'm very much looking forward to building a I, I want to build a castle you know um and i don't think that that's something that's going to be doable by myself you know yeah no for sure like it's, it's definitely going to be easier on i think all aspects of the game with friends yeah i, I was just gonna say i think like um one of the ways that this game appealed to me over the other games is it also seems more friendly for people as a group of friends to get together and play. Um, I don't know if that just means user-friendly or or what, but there's something about this this Nordic exploration vibe uh, that appeals to me. And, you know, I, I also think that every, every iteration of the game is going to be different because, you know, when we play, we're going to want to do something else. But the big draw for me is that it's a procedurally generated map. Yeah. Like, there isn't going to be 
I don't know. Ark is the same map every single time. I don't know about Rust. Um, but I think that the exploration also allows more people to play because, you know, whenever you play a group game, there's always someone in the group who, who wants to explore. There's someone who just wants to mine. Uh, there's someone who just wants to hunt animals or breed animals. And I think that there's just more opportunity for that in Valheim um, in a more approachable way. Yeah, no, I definitely feel that. Like, cause I, I definitely feel like it. They got that a little bit from Minecraft. The uh, yeah, just um, being able to come together as a community. But also, I feel like this is a little more collaborative than Minecraft. I feel like in Minecraft, it's a lot easier to just go on on your own and do your own thing, build your own thing, and go to, go to the end by yourself and everything like that well i feel like this is very much focused on trying to get a group of guys together and collaborating on building your little uh your little base and fighting all these monsters together yeah you could play valheim single player um but i think i think it would be far more of a struggle than single the single player minecraft is yeah i mean that that's exactly why i said i didn't want to buy it until I knew other people had bought it or were going to get it. So right, we could yeah. just stay together. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's I think that's probably what at its core is going to make sure that uh, Volheim continues to be uh, relevant and continues this uh, this rather uh, rapid rise to fame. Yeah. And also, I think it's also with some of the new stuff that's been announced in the roadmap. Uh, on PC Gamer, they got uh, a list of updates that are coming out at some point in the future. I don't know exactly when, but the, like the first one is like focusing on home and building and li like living at home. Uh, I know the second one's supposed to. Uh, I was gonna say, which for me, that's that's my favorite part of, of Valheim. I'm so looking forward to building a house. I understand that. I love building stuff and like that. Uh, that's, what I, that's what I like to do in Minecraft. I love the building. Um, and you uh, said, so the second thing coming up for us is... Yeah, it's... This is one they didn't say was going to be... Or they didn't say a lot about it. But they said it's focusing on exploration and combat. So I don't I don't know exactly what's in that because I, I it looks like that's basically all they said about it. So I guess maybe get some more combat stuff, maybe some more things to explore in the world. Yeah, but, and I also think um, update three, which is the ships in the sea update. Um, yeah. Will definitely help that exploration too with the new updates to the bio, the uh, ocean biome. Um, <laughs> we we've had a th a ton of fun on Sea of Thieves recently, so I feel like anything that they can add in that gives me some of those vibes is something I'm gonna love. Um, particularly, I want to fight some Nordic sea monsters. You know? Yeah, I I have it. There's there's a new video out the the dude that I've watched the most uh, KYR Speedy. He just put out a video today of them fighting a sea monster, but I, I haven't been able to see it yet, but definitely want to. 
probably after we're done with this. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the mist lands and just sort of biomes in general in Valheim? So, so mist lands is the fourth update. Yeah. I don't know too much about all the biomes. Like, I've only watched maybe an hour's worth of Valheim, not including, like, small clips and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think adding more biomes, adding more content bosses and stuff will help because it gives people and groups more things to do, more places to go and explore. Because I feel like as a group, you're going to explore and progress faster than just as an individual. So adding more to do, adding more bosses to fight will keep it fresh for the whole group. Yeah. And I think the uh, the whole idea of the nine realms, nine biomes, nine bosses, um, and then adding in some mini bosses and stuff like that. I'm looking. I think that gives a nice. Um, it gives some nice progression. With Ark, you couldn't even begin to get into the progression um, until like late game. And I think Valheim does a much better job of just allowing progression from the very beginning with that first boss being how you unlock the pickaxe. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. It's definitely got... I Like, I so again, I haven't watched too much of it, but it definitely looks like it has a good level of progression in the game. And it definitely looks like they're definitely going to add on that with the mislins, and I'm excited for it, for sure. Uh, I am too. So if you want to get into Valheim right now, um, as you probably gathered from what we've said, it is uh, beta, early access. It's uh, $20 on Steam right now, uh, but there's still plenty of stuff to do. And as you just heard from us, there's plenty of stuff on the roadmap ahead. So uh, I think it's worth it to go ahead and get in now. Just find uh, yourself a few friends. I'll pick up some copies and uh, get into some Viking purgatory nonsense. Yeah, just beware of the trees. Yeah, definitely beware of the trees. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's talk about the shutdown of Stadia's game-dedicated studios. Hey, there are a lot of people who are going to come out and say that this is the death of Google Stadia, and they're like, oh, it was never going to work. Um, so I feel like it's important to get right off the bat here and clarify that Google Stadia is not shutting down. Uh, yeah, that's true. It, it, it's their dedicated game studios, which... Basically, what it runs down to is Stadia will not be making their own games. Which, I don't know that I would say that is necessarily a bad thing, you know? Yeah. It, it does make me wonder, though, did, were, they not, were they not aware of what it would take to run their own game studios? You know, was it just not enough direction, you know, I wish I understood why. Um, but they're still going to be receiving support from other companies. Games are still going to be continually added, and they're, you know, the, the servers themselves are still running. I'm still playing Cyberpunk on Stadia uh, with good <laughs> graphics. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know, how do you, what, what do you think it really means that they're not making their own games anymore? Uh, I, I think for me, it's not so much the not making their own games. I feel like it's in the manner of which 
they shut down their studio because uh from what i've heard from what i've watched um on yang yeah and just looked at some of the articles and basically it was like a week before the email went out that the uh studios are going to shut down uh phil harrison which is he is the stadia's leading executive at least according to arts technica he sent out an email basically saying or basically praising like the employees and the studios for their hard work and that they're making good progress and even at one point said that like they're going to have a meeting in the future for like the future and the, like the roadmap for Stadia games and just a week after that they sent out an email that all the studios were closing and there was basically no warning for it so that 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 for me is the more disturbing part because it definitely shows uh, that there's a lot of mismanagement right now at least up in the in the uh, executive portion of stadia and that's the part that worries me because I feel like if there's going to be a reason why Stadia fails, it's going to be because the executives didn't allow it to evolve and progress in the way it could have or should have. Yeah, that's that's definitely the first word that comes to mind for me is mismanagement. You know, I've, I've got to wonder, did they not did they not know how close to red lines game studios run? Did they not know how how much of an intensive environment it is? I mean, we have right now, we already know that there's a huge issue with crunch culture um, in the way the game studios work. Uh, you know, there there's predatory hiring practices where they look for people who are super enthusiastic about their work, not because that's the kind of character they want um, because of quality, uh, but rather because they know those are the kind of people that will spend those 80 to 100 hour work weeks trying to, to make these games for suits who don't understand the process. And, and you know, CD Projekt Red is a prime example of what crunch culture can do. You know, they ran on crunch culture for over a year, and they produced a game that, on, you know, on certain platforms, wasn't up to snuff. And, you know, they, they cut so many features, and it was just overall, you know, looking back on it, you know, it's disappointing to see what, Cyberpunk could have become had they not been so rushed in the, in, in this crunch with this deadline. And so I, you know, I have to ask then, is this what's happening to Stadia? Is this suits who are pushing for something on unreasonable timelines? And then when it doesn't get delivered, they're, they're quitting, you know, they're just shutting it down. They're saying, eh, you know what? Maybe not like what, what was there any real, you know, it doesn't sound like there was any real, information coming from the studios or the developers themselves so what what was the thought process that went into this decision yeah because also the like there wasn't anything both being told to them or being told to the media that there was any sort of problem or anything to worry about with their first party studios well there wasn't anything saying like oh we're behind or like the studios aren't like working as we as they should it just suddenly happened and really no one knows exactly why like yeah they, like they they've given out reasons they've given out different 
uh, reasons. Like, apparently, they, for some reason, they blamed Microsoft's acquisition of Bethesda Game Studios and Zenimax for their closure of, say, or, yeah, the Stadia Game Studios. I have no idea why. Yeah, like, like, it doesn't make any sense as to why. If anything, you would want your own studio so you could at least somewhat compete with them, but also have your own games on your own platform that people come to to play on there. And it, it, like, it just doesn't make any sense. Now, I think and, that's the worrying part as well. Yeah, that I, I just, I mean, it's, it's obviously not that Stadia Game Studios were pushing the margins. Like, come on. We, we've seen the revenue that that uh, Google pulls in, they were not hurting to keep game studios open. Yeah. Was it really just, oh, well, they're doing it too, and I'm not unique anymore, so I guess I won't. Because I understand that Bethesda developing first-party games that could potentially be exclusive to the um, Microsoft Cloud Gaming platform is like, you know, that's that's some serious competition, but yeah, you should you should be rising to the competition, not shutting down your studios yeah like like that's the thing i don't get like that's that's why that part is so confusing because for what reason would you shut down your own studio your own games that people would have to come to your your platform to play they would have to pay for your platform to pay or to play and it would also entice more people to come and maybe buy other games on your platform but yeah. then why would you put that down? Because someone else, some other company, not not connected to you, like financially or as a company, not like Google owns Microsoft or anything like that. Yeah, it it's a completely separate company that did their own thing to in, increase their own game. Uh, game selections, the first party selections. Yeah. It, it, it almost sounds like a, a corporate buy-off, you know? Yeah. Like I don't understand how that affects Stadia in any way. Yeah. It just, you know, I know I am a, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not involved. I'm not a, I don't work there. I'm just a small brain guy making a podcast, but um, even I can tell something's a little funny about that situation. Yeah, it, it, I, I hope there's more information that comes out over the next couple of weeks or months that helps helps to explain what actually happened. Yeah, because, you know, I would like to know. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, but for now, and as far as we know, going into the future, Google Cloud Play, which is what Google Stadia still retains uh is still functioning you can still purchase and play games on there um pro pro subscriptions are required in order to play at 4k um and to get free games every month but other than that free service um available on both chromecasts computers phones tablets uh whatever you want to play so at least for the future, we can still look forward to getting some games on there, um, especially if you don't have the specs on your computer to play it. Like I said, I was able to play Cyberpunk um, way better than any console players were able to um, on a computer that doesn't have the specs to handle it. So at least that's still functioning, and hopefully the execs are kept away from that aspect of it. I hope so. 
All right, so you've got some some tech news here to close us out for today. Um, talking in the world of hardware instead of software, um, with some news about the N- NVIDIA graphics cards. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, so there's actually a new NVIDIA graphics card being uh, released coming out on February 25th. It's going to be the RTX 3060, which is not to be confused with the RTX 3060 Ti that released back in November. Uh, the 3060 is going to be priced at $329 USD. And there's a couple interesting things in regards to both its specs and NVIDIA's uh, view of its future as a card that have come out. Because one, one of the interesting things is that the 3060 is going to have 12 gigabytes of VRAM, DDDR6 oh, wow. uh, RAM. Yeah, 12, 12 gigabytes. That's, that's, and, uh, that's a lot of RAM. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's crazy to think about because that's more RAM than both the, or all the 3060 Ti, the 3070, and the 3080. I mean, now, frankly, the, the that's one, more RAM than my computer. That, <laughs> it's not a good thing. It's just a thing. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Well, it's not unfortunate if you get the card. Right, yeah, but, then I'm fine. Yeah, the one downside is is that you are going to have a uh, lack of speed for the RAM. The uh, actual bandwidth and memory bus are going to be reduced from the 3060 Ti, which has a 256-bit memory bus and a 448-gigabyte-per-second bandwidth, is being reduced to a 192-bit memory bus and a 360-gigabyte per second bandwidth so it's, it's definitely gonna be slower memory than on the cards that are above it which does reduce some of its performance but it actually can handle i guess more graphics overall compared to some of the higher tier cards Maybe just not all at once, since it's not as fast. Yeah, so it's more of like a, it's going to be smoother, more consistent um, on heavier graphics. Slow and steady wins the race kind of ideal then. Yeah, so it, it's, it's probably not going to be near that nearly as good uh, for like ray tracing, which is very, very intensive right then, right now kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So speed when you there. But probably for games that are like still graphically intensive but it just have like a lot like just a lot going on in the game may yeah. actually have an advantage so that, still that would depend- probably um i'd probably be games like um and now this is obviously a bit of a dated reference um but i think it still fits the picture um skyrim loads let's okay. see how many swords i can spawn in before it crashes <laughs> Yeah, like I, like, I think that's how it is. It's not so much, like, like it's going to be a little bit slower loading because loading is that, like, right then, right now, immediate action, right. which requires that speed. But in terms of the, the full amount of what it's trying to load, so if you have a lot of, let's say you just spawn in just a ton of NPCs, there's an absolute ton. I, the 3060 might be able to handle that many of NPCs, however many you've spawned, 
a little bit better than some of the other cards. Yeah. Uh, and I guess probably too, it would also help with, uh, would it also help with like keeping things loaded because it, it can keep yeah. things loaded because, you know, it's not going to have, um, you know, if it can handle more then that's more areas, it can hold more chunks or cells that it can keep loaded. Um, which in the long run would, imp- I would think it would improve speed um, unless you're constantly going to new areas and forcing it to always generate new. Yeah, that's, that's how I think about it. We're not experts in this area, <laughs> clearly, but at least trying to understand how that works and how more memory at a slower speed might actually benefit you in some cases than less RAM and just be it being faster. So. Yeah, well, that's interesting. And, yeah. and how does the price compare to the 3060 Ti? Now, it's uh, $70 less than the 3060 Ti. 3060 Ti is $399 versus the 3060's $329. But the biggest... Yeah, w- but one of the biggest things that has come out in the news about the 3060 is that it might actually be a lot more accessible for gamers to get it. Because according to TechSpot, NVIDIA is going to be limiting the crypto mining capabilities of the 3060. So that'll reduce its popularity with the um, mining community. People won't want to go out and buy the 3060. Rather, they want to go buy a little bit higher tier cards, pay that extra $70, get the 3060 Ti, because it's going to be a lot better at mining cryptocurrency. And the reason why they've done that is because they want it to uh, be a lot more accessible to gamers. So without all the crypto people buying up the 3060 stock, gamers will actually be able to buy this one, which should still be a really good card for them, especially at the price. Yeah, because I can remember a... um it's been a while since it's been this bad, but the, there were certain points where um, getting a 1080 would, would cost you $1,500. Yeah. Like, that, I mean, that that's happened probably the last at least three years for mm-hmm. the high t- higher tier new releases of NVIDIA graphics cards. But th- this year has definitely been a lot tougher to even get a card because of COVID and uh, it affecting production uh, and everything like that. So Yeah, even big companies like um, HP and Dell, um, they just simply didn't have configurations of their pre-builds uh, that included, you know, 3090s or 3080s uh, because there, there just weren't any to get, not even not even for them. And it's, it's always a problem um, when your big companies like HP uh, and, and all of them, uh, it's always a big problem when they can't get those supplies because they they really are the front end for most people who buy, you know, most people don't custom build, they buy a pre-built. So, you know, it's, it's always a problem when even they can't get the supply. Yeah. It, it's, it's still a problem right now too because both it's still going on. Production's still somewhat stalled. So there's definitely still a problem, which is why they're doing the, uh, reducing the crypto mining capabilities so that gamers will actually be able to buy this one. Yeah, uh, one can hope. Yeah, just, uh, I don't know if it's going to 
uh, actually, I, I would say it's definitely not going to stop scalpers and people like that from buying them up. So hopefully you, if you buy a 3060 or are looking to buy one, still get it quick. Still be up and ready at the uh, actual release time and date. I don't think they have a release time, but it is the February 25th for a fact. So stay on the lookout for that. Uh, hopefully uh, you get some luck with that if you're looking to upgrade. I'm using a 1060 right now, and I can tell you it's starting to chug. So, hey, if you're thinking about upgrading, now might be the time to upgrade for you with the release uh, only, what, uh, six days away now? Yeah. At the time of recording, at least. Yeah, just six days. Uh, so, quick. Yeah. Go ahead and get ready for that. Scrounge up your spare dollars. Bust out your piggy banks, whatever you need to do. Uh, and get yourself a, a better running card. Uh, that's, all, that's all we've got for to the first episode here of the Motley Podcast. Best way for us to, to gain traction is obviously for you to tell your friends about us if you enjoyed anything that we did here. If you, if you liked the way I said liked just a couple seconds ago, tell your friends. Have them listen. Yeah, and come follow the Motley Broadcast on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, everywhere. Just And send it to your friends, too. Yeah. We're, all, we're always excited to have more people to our community. Going to go ahead and plug uh, one of our other podcasts, too, The Perilous Path. It's a D&D live play narrative, um, and you can find it through all of the uh, Motley Broadcast uh, either at the website www.themollybroadcast.com or you can find Perilous Path associated stuff at uh, linktree forward slash the Perilous Path. Um, it's also available everywhere that you can find this podcast uh, and that releases on Tuesdays and you can watch a live stream of it on Twitch at the Motley Broadcast Twitch on Thursdays. So we should be releasing again uh, next Saturday. So that should be... February 27th, I guess. Um, That's correct. Excellent. So hopefully uh, you'll be able to tune in then. Uh, and until then, I'm the fantasy guy, Noah. And I'm the techie guy, Ryan. And this was The Motley Podcast. <laughs>